Can we talk about someone else this week? I, I don't care what it is, just anything. Let's talk about like Manchester United. No. <laughs> sport sport is off the table. Um Oh, okay. So far this season, like I've gone from like hope and expectation that it was going to be an amazing sporting year with the signings United made and then t- we turned out to be shit. Bill's one of the Super Bowl favourites, forgotten how to play offensive football, so they turned out to be shit. Bath have yet to win a single game. Um, so sports crap and I've had enough of it. Welcome everyone. This is <laughs> I deliberately went early and then it completely backfired. That's what she said. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Oh, do you know what? Let's leave that in. That's the intro done. How are you all doing? I'm Adam, Mark, Rich, Pat, whatever. How how are we? Long staff of podcast. This is us. What's the, what's the point in an introduction? I've got lazier and lazier, but you get, to, you get to say hello to our loyal listeners and, and fans. Yeah, but they know who Listen. we are. They know what this is. If they if they've listened to it, they know it's a long snapper podcast, right? There must be a certain amount of people that listen are listening to us. There must be at least one person that's listening to us for the what, first. That doesn't time. know what it is. That's <laughs> listening to us for the first time, and they they've already switched off. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but it's only because it's only because they thought we were something else on their little podcatcher hit play and then immediately turned off. Yeah, well, let's, that's probably true. Fuck it, who cares? Sports shit. <laughs> Mark's in a great mood. So it mood, begins, as, as you can tell. Um, yeah, if you are listening to us for the first time, that was the voice of Mark Salen. He's a Buffalo Bills fan. Um, yeah. He's not very. He's not very happy today. Um, but you sound more miserable than me. At least your team's got a fucking winning record, mate. Yeah, but you know, yeah, sports shit. Fuck it, it's crap. We're crap. <laughs> Pat, how are you? You know, I'm quite well. Stephen is currently winning. Sheffield Wednesday are four 0 up. Jackie was won their second game of the season, which they blah, didn't do last season. Blah so, blah, you know. blah 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 blah. <laughs> fuck off. I love you. I love you, Pat. But if you're listening it's, to this for the first time, please let us know. <laughs> And let us know what you think of these first couple of minutes of, in terms of audio quality, content quality, everything. Just give us some feedback at Long Snap Pod, um, where we'll tweet once a week just to tell you we've released a new episode. If we had any new reviews for a while, you're going to get like another one star. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I don't know. Do you remember we used to t- we used to actually tweet during games? You do uh, tweet sometimes, Adam. Come on, don't you? You use I, it a I, bit. Pat, Pat sometimes tags the account, and then it like it flashes up on my phone. And if I forget about it, it's just gone. And if I don't look at it immediately, if I look at my own Twitter account in the meantime, it's just gone and forgotten about. And sometimes I never, never react or reply. Um, yeah, but no, this no is one. The worst intro ever. It's not an intro. It's just a, I, I don't know what this is. <laughs> rambling now <laughs> yeah um, we, we you're do just trying to avoid doing up. a quiz yeah I, well i don't know why i've got quite a, i've got quite a good quiz if i do say so myself um, yeah, let's get into that um, you're going to enjoy this and this is meant to be nothing other than a little bit of fun um, journeyman 
quarterbacks. Now, we've, we've done journeyman quarterbacks before, but never quite like this. Um, I'm going to give you two journeyman quarterbacks, and this entire quiz is about those two. Um, and they've played for a lot of teams. They would be Josh McCown and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You may be familiar with those guys. Yeah, our favourite journeyman quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're two. I mean, I could have gone for Vinny Testaverde, uh, but he didn't play for as many teams, unbelievably, as either of them. And he's further in the past, so you sort of forget stuff. Um, but um, what you're going to have to do, I am going to give you teams, and you can buzz in with, with your name, as is traditional. And you're going to have to tell me, Josh, Fitz, neither, or both. So, incredible. Have, have one, incredible quiz. Both well or neither of those quarterbacks play for that team. Well done. <laughs> um, I've no idea. I mean, we could go through all the teams. I don't know. I'll see how far we get and uh, how it goes. You get it right, you get a point. You get it wrong, you're frozen out. Um, you, oh, you know wait, do we get... Do we get a point if we say one or the other and we're right on that one, but the other one has also played? Or do we get zero points for that? Okay, zero. Right. You weren't That's paying both. attention. That's both. No. You've, well, Craig's you not here, so someone's, someone's going to not pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Four possible answers. Both, neither, Josh or Fitz. Got that? Okay. <laughs> yes. Hopefully the penny's dropped. Um, <laughs> and... Just for that, we're going to start with the San Francisco 49ers. Mark. Yes, Mark. Uh, I am going to say... Josh. Incorrect. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Rich. Yes. Can't, can't be both, so it's got to be neither. Neither is correct. You are first on the board. All right. The Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Mark. Uh, Pat said go Bills first. I don't think that was you buzzing in, though, was it? <laughs> no, I was just enjoying the Bills being mentioned. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark, <laughs> give us your answer. Fitz. Fitz is correct. Uh, all right. The Jaguars. Rich. Pat. Rich was first. I reckon neither. Neither is correct for another point. Uh, the Jets. Rich. Let's go Fitz. Mark. Incorrect, Mark. Oh, both. Is it? it is both, Damn yeah. It. Uh, you join Rich on two points. All right. Um, the Seahawks. Mark. Yes, Mark. I think that's neither. Neither is correct. The Titans. Ha. Yes, Pat. Fitzpatrick. Correct. You are on the board. Yeah. Uh, the Cleveland Browns. Rich. Rich is first. I reckon it's just McCown. Correct. Dallas Cowboys. Pat. Pat. Neither. Correct. It's quite impressive so far. Right, <laughs> next up, the New England Patriots. Mark. Mark. Uh, neither. Correct. That's on the cusp of how long I'll allow you to think after buzzing, <laughs> Mr. Salem. Um, right, the St. Louis slash Los Angeles Rams. Pat. It's Pat. Fitzpatrick. Correct. 
another point for you you're on three Mark's on four Rich is on three Carolina Panthers but yes Mark McCann Josh yes correct New Orleans Saints Rich yes Rich neither correct Tampa Bay Buccaneers Pat yes Pat both yes correct Oh, is it? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, the I, was, I nearly said the Los Angeles Raiders. <laughs> it wouldn't have gone back that far. The <laughs> Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders. Mark. Yes. Mark. I think, I think that's just Josh. It is just Josh. Miami Dolphins. Pat. Pat. Both is incorrect. Rich. Yes. Fitz. Yeah, it's just fits. Um, just to be clear, I probably should have said this at the start. I don't think it'll make any difference. They have to have played a snap for the team. So practice squad bollocks doesn't count. Um, I don't think that's relevant for any of these. Um, right, the Philadelphia Eagles. Rich. Yeah, Rich. I'm going to go with McCown. Just Josh. Correct. Um, you are up to six points. Pat, you're on four. Mark is on six. I'm going to finish off with all the teams, I reckon. This is nice and quick. Um, the Atlanta Falcons. Mark. Mark, yeah. Neither. Correct. Minnesota Vikings. Rich. That's Rich. I reckon neither. Again, correct. The Detroit Lions. Oh. Ooh. Pat. Pat. Good for the clean sweep, neither. Incorrect. Mark. Ah, Rich. Mark. Mark. Josh. Josh is correct. Well done. If you have to think about it and it's not neither, it's got to be Josh. <laughs> yeah, because he's done it. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. Rich. Yes, Rich. Packers. Neither. Correct. Pittsburgh Steelers. Mark. Rich. Yes, Mark. Mark. Neither, surely. Neither. Again. Well done. The Cincinnati Bengals. Rich. <laughs> yes, Rich. I think Fitz has been there, hasn't he? Uh, just Fitz. That's, that is correct. The Baltimore Ravens. Pat. Yes, Pat. Neither. Neither is correct. Uh, the Houston Texans. Mark. Yeah, Mark. Both. Incorrect. Ooh, Rich. I think Pat was next. I need it. Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it, uh, McCown was sort of around. He was around but, the squad, yeah. the Texans squad, wasn't he? Might not have played. No, he didn't. So, uh, didn't, he, didn't he come in as like their COVID backup that never actually went to the squad? Never went to Texas. I, that, oh, you might be right, actually. Yeah, you might be right. Um, right, Chicago Bears. Pat. Rich. Pat was first. McCown. Pat. Bit of a late storming session from you. The New York Giants. Rich. Yes, Rich. Gotta be neither. Uh, it is indeed neither. Uh, that brings you on to ten points. Pat, you're on seven. Mark is on nine. Uh, just half a dozen to go. The Colts. Mark. Pat. Rich. Mark first. Neither. Correct. Cardinals. Pat. Pat. McCown. Correct. The Chiefs. 
Rich. Yes, Rich. Neither. Neither is correct. Uh, the football team. Rich. Ha. Rich. Oh, <laughs> it's just fits. It's just fits. Well done. The Denver Broncos. Oh, so close to same point. <laughs> Denver Broncos. Rich. That was just the names at the same time. Pat, I, Pat, I think Neither. Neither is correct. Uh, finally, San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. Mark. Neither. Neither is correct. Final scores. Pat, you had nine points. Respect. Mark, you have eleven points. Rich, you have twelve points. Yay. Have yourself some music. Rich, that's twice as many as the Bills got. <laughs> wow. Oh, victory, Pat. I want to. It's, it's also three more than the Jags got. <laughs> yeah, the Jags had enough, though, didn't they? Let's not pretend either team were good that came out of that game. <laughs> I never pretended we were good, just good enough. Yeah. Well, they're both good defense. Well, we'll come to we'll come to all that. We'll come to all that. No um, <laughs> No, we will. Fuck that game. We'll definitely, <laughs> fuck we'll definitely fuck come all the that. games. <laughs> fuck this sport. <laughs> all right, Doug. Right. <laughs> Before we review any games, you know, you know the drill. Um, we're going to try and win some money for Steve Brains. Now it's two years already since the world lost lost that guy. Um, and yeah, I can't quite believe it's it's been that long um but yeah each week we're obviously we're trying to place an accumulated bet on any time touchdown score as it's like our, our thing to remember and we might just win some money for for a cancer related charity um, if we get any success um, but in the meantime it's just quite a nice way to remember them each week this week it feels like we should all pick a tight end really um stands to reason um and yeah, plenty of tight ends to, to choose from. Obviously, Mark, let's start with you. Pick a pick a touchdown scorer. Um, I think in honour of Steve and his favourite player, it would only be right to kick off this with Mark Andrews. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. His 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 favourite player not playing for his team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it would feel yeah, he, weird he, he to did... pick Rob, Gron- Rob Gronkowski now, wouldn't it? He, do you know what? He'd love um, John U. Smith and Hunter Henry at the Pats, wouldn't he? He would really, really yes. love that. Um, uh, we're not going to pick either of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> spoiler. Uh, right. I have gone with Pat Fryermuth, however you pronounce it. But it's definitely an ooh sound um, because, um, you know, the crowd like to boo him um, for the Steelers. They're playing the Lions. Rich, give us your pick. Well, even on a what appears to be utterly atrocious Niners offense at the moment, George Kittle managed to score a touchdown last week on his first one back. So I'm going to go with him because he's he's about as good a bet as any. Quick, get 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 on him before he gets injured again. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Pat, who are you going to go for? Well, I took a little look at who's conceding the most um, yards, catches, and touchdowns to tight ends. The Chiefs were right up there in the top five, conceding two in every three games. So I went for Darren Waller, who uh, is catching about 
half of Derek Carr's attempts. So, uh, yeah, that should uh, give us a good chance. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Russ isn't here. Uh, he's gone with Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. And Craig has picked Jared Cook, another journeyman, by the way. Speaking of journeymen. Yeah. Um, he's Where is he now? The Chargers. Um, yes. So they are up against the, the Vikings. So there you go. Pat Frymuth. I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong. George Kittle, Dalton Schultz, Darren Waller, Jared Cook, and of course, Mark Andrews. That's our Steve Rains anytime touchdown corner slash fucked it for charity bet for this week. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> right. I mean, Mark doesn't want to talk about that, but we're at least going to review last week's games in a one sentence <clears throat> format. So let's start back on Thursday night and New York Jets 30, Indianapolis 45. The Jets lost surprise star of last week's win in the first quarter and the Colts took full advantage with an easy win. Atlanta 27, New Orleans 25. The Falcons took a big lead, then bottled it in typical fashion, conceding 22 points in the last quarter and losing the lead with just a minute to go. Unusually, they regained it with a walk-off field goal. Denver 30, Dallas 16. Dallas turned the ball over on fourth down four times before they scored a single point and twice with the score tied at zero. Absolutely embarrassing. New England 24, Carolina 6. Blah, blah, blah. The Pats are good at the minute. No one cares. Fuck the Pats. (laughs) Minnesota 31, Baltimore 34. What absolute thriller in the Purple Bowl. The Vikings just couldn't hang on despite being on top for most of the game. Lamar continues to impress. Cleveland 41, Cincinnati 16. No Beckham, no bother. The Bengals get humbled for the second week in a row. Buffalo 6, Jacksonville 9. This is my kind of football game. Ugliness, great defence and an angry, angry Mark Salem. Perfection. Houston 9, Miami 17. In the battle of uninspiring backup quarterback options, Jacoby Brissett was marginally less uninspiring. (laughs) Las Vegas 16, New York Giants 23. Giants win despite a stuttering offence, including a customary Daniel Jones fumble, thanks to a McKinney pick six and a Derek Carr fumble. LA Chargers 27, Philadelphia 24. Herbert scored points against a team with no fit cornerbacks at all. Good for him. (laughs) Green Bay 7. (laughs) So much enthusiasm. Green Bay 7, Kansas City 13. The Green Bay O-line seemed to be self-isolating for some reason, which made Jordan Love's debut horrific. Chiefs won despite still not looking very good. Arizona 31, San Francisco 17. Up there with the Bills as the shittiest result of the weekend is the Niners losing to a team without its quarterback and two main receivers. Tennessee 28, LA Rams 16. This game was in the balance until Stafford did his best Jared impression and gothed the Titans a 14-3 lead. Nice. In the balance until like a quarter of the way in. Uh, Chicago 27, Pittsburgh 29. Thrilling game marred by more yellow flags and terrible towels. These taunting penalties continue to be a joke. And this one arguably changed the result of the game. Sort it out, NFL. There we go. Oh, that, that was, was... bullshit. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it really was. It was just fucking terrible. I mean, I can understand. There's an argument that says that you shouldn't be drawing away at the opposition sideline. But, but even still, it was such a 
bullshit call that and and like you say it completely changed the momentum in the game it was that was chicago i'm I'm not we don't know you never know but my gut feeling is they might have won that game had that (laughs) just for but for that call and stuff happened after but (laughs) as it tends to in sports (laughs) yeah yeah, it It killed the momentum that was the issue with it and it killed the momentum for essentially looking at the bench from 30, 40 yards away. I mean, he walked slightly it's towards the, the punter. Wood. Ran in, it's because the punter ran through his eye line. The, the refs just assumed he was. I don't think he was even saying anything at that nope. point in time. He didn't gesture, which means he just that walked a little bit. Which um, means that a referee threw a flag based on a guess. Yep. Yeah, but then what? Here's here's the thing at the moment. There seems to be, like, I can forgive to a certain extent a mistake if you just say, like, hold your hands up afterwards. Yeah, we got that one wrong. And some 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 can be put right from New York or whatever. But there seems to be like a real dig your heels in. We're not admitting we ever make mistakes with NFL officiating at the moment. And like taunting is point of emphasis. Blah blah blah. Um, it's just bullshit. Just say we got that one wrong, and it wasn't even it was huh, wasn't the worst thing of that kind of the weekend. Uh, Jane and Ramsey, I mean, <laughs> it, it it didn't it didn't matter as it turned out. And if if, if it had mattered, the fury. I don't I don't want to go there. But Jane and Ramsey had you know the relatively recent thing of unsportsmanlike conduct. You have one strike. If you get another one, you're ejected from the game. Yeah. And what happened was Jalen Ramsey had his second unsportsmanlike conduct penalty of the game. The refs didn't notice. It was a bit grey and pole. Um, this, is, this is my take <laughs> of how, how things panned out. Mike Brabel immediately pointed it out to them. And then they had a discussion and then said, oh, no, the first penalty was... Uh, a different type. It was personal foul, not unsportsmanlike conduct. It wasn't. It was called as unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct because it was after the play, and that's what it was. And then, so they just didn't eject him. And then, uh, this is just before half time. And at half time, they could have even put it right. You would think they didn't. They went and retrospectively changed the call from like an hour previously, <laughs> the first one, to say it was a personal foul. One of the, the Titans beat writers pointed out or discovered that it, the official play log on NFL.com had changed the type of that penalty retrospectively. So it's 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 like they're not just not admitting to mistakes, but lying their way out of it and trying to cover it up with. You've got recordings of the game that anyone can go and watch. It's just right. ludicrous. <laughs> mm. And the worst thing about that is. The explanation at the time was like, oh, yeah, so actually his his first penalty wasn't of the same type. It was something worse. And because he did something worse and not just taunting, he actually, you know, hit a guy with his shoulder. That means we can't eject him from the game because the second, the first thing he did was worse than the second thing he did and not in the right category. It's like, well, that, that doesn't make any logical sense then, does it? So, no, it was baffling. I, I, was, I was livid, if I'm honest. I've not watched it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I was I was very angry for you. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Um, I mean, I know we're not it talking. Be, it must be very disappointing that you had to go through that on your way to you know your brilliant win against the Rams. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it, I, 
I've not brought it up because it affected the Titans. I brought it up because it was absolutely baffling and nonsense and just inexplicable. Yeah. So regardless of the the fact that we would have lost anyway because we were dreadful for large chunks of the game, there was a moment in the 49ers game where Josh Norman and Cliff Kingsbury got into it and got unsportsmanlike conduct penalties on oh, a the third coach. down. Yeah. <laughs> right. On a third down play where they would have punted if this had just played out without any of that bullshit going on. Because because it's a player and a coach, the way it turned out was that they gave the unsportsmanlike conduct on Norman, which gave Arizona the first down, and then gave the unsportsmanlike conduct on Kingsbury that dragged them back 15 yards from, from the spot. I was like, that's madness. How is that not just offsetting penalties? I don't know what the hell is going on here. It's literally going on after the play was over on both of them. Officiating has been across the board this year. Officiating has been dog shit in most games. In most games, there are there there was a few, and I, I know every team complains about officiating for their side, but. There was there was multiple plays in the Bills game. I, I can only comment on that one because it's the only one I've watched. Um, but it was um, where there was, I think, one one snap on a fairly significant play where multiple Jags offensive lines jumped and it wasn't called. We had Micah Hyde called for taunting, having given up a fourth pen, fourth down, first down where it turns out he'd been levelled by one of the receivers off the ball and he snapped back at him and then was called for taunting, um, which was utterly bullshit because, again, the umpire, again, has just gone like basing on a guess of what's actually gone on. But it's happening all over the league for every team. It's the standard feels really, really low this year. There was there was one I saw, I can't remember which game, but it was something along the lines of, I can't remember the exact penalty, but it was like a on the extra point, I think, and they, the team elected, or it might be the punt, or they elected to enforce it on the kickoff instead of the same play. And then Gene Steratore or Mike Pereira, whoever it was, came on and said, that's not the rule. Like, you can't do that. You have to, you have to re-kick in that situation. That's what's in the rules. And the, 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 the officials on the field didn't know that. So they just, they just got it wrong. It didn't really matter, but it's just, it's just laughable. <laughs> it's it's absolutely bull. It's 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 it shouldn't be that hard. You should be able if you are literally a referee of a sport, you should know the rule book well enough to enforce it. Yeah, uh, uh, literally on everything. Job. It's literally you're paid to do this. Oh, it's well, unbelievable. Oh, like obviously, uh, like Premier League referees are all like professionals now. What's the situation with NFLs? Do they still like? Are they still like teachers and whatnot? Like they always used to be, or do they do? Is this their job now? I assume they're professional. I don't know. Because it always used to be, and it was fairly recently that they were all like, you know, they were lawyers and um, teachers and PE PE teachers and all that kind of stuff. But one would assume that this is now their only thing to occupy their brain. The NFL could afford professional referees, right? You would hope so. But it never used to be the case. Yeah. Uh, Ed Ed Hockley was always like, well, he was always professional bodybuilder. Well, he was a lawyer, wasn't he? He was like he was in that industry, um, and there's I'm I'm sure that it was up until very recently, at least, if it isn't still the case, this was something that they kind of did as a weekend job. Six okay. figure salary plus um, payments for individual matches. 
good. Yeah, they're still they're still considered part time, but a lot of them it seems work as officiating consultants during the week. So you you think you're probably just talking to teams and stuff. So you would hope that they would know the rules if they're not having to think about you know planning for the planning for the kids' lessons on Monday morning while they're (laughs) while while they're officiating the game. You would hope that they would know the rules, but what worries me. What worries me is this is the highest level of officiating as well. I mean, do you remember the the, the referee strike a few years back oh, when oh, like yeah. high school high school referees in, and that was fucking terrible. I yeah. mean, it's that's, unbelievable that. That's, I remember the week that they came back on the Thursday night football when the professionals all came back and the referees got a standing ovation at the beginning of the game. <laughs> yeah. You're not yeah, moaning now, are you? For, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You're slightly less shit than the people we had last week. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't. I, I've gone through the first half of the season thinking I don't want to whinge about refereeing decisions, even in games that I don't care about personally. Every week, but every week there's such awful, and not just like oh, there's a minor thing there and it's a bit tiki tacky and whatever. Like absolute blatant fucking up of knowing what the rules are. It's it's just not acceptable. And now I know we're allowed to talk about the Jags Bills game, which I didn't no. think we were. No, we're the first penalty in that game was given as a defensive penalty against the Bills number ten, and turned out to be against Jacksonville Jaguars number ten, Lovis Cushenol. The second penalty in that game was given against a Jags number, and turned out to be against the Bills. So the first uh, two penalties in the game right were back. given against the wrong team. They gave a penalty against the Jaguars number fifteen during a defensive set which was our punter, who wasn't on the pitch at the time. Uh, There's another one against a Bills offensive lineman, which went against the wrong offensive lineman. So it was just littered with yeah. stupid, stupidness. And and I also feel that they are, they're too quick to throw flags at the moment. And every game, it's a complete litter. It felt like uh, that game was just, it was every play, there was something. And it's just, it's oh, too Monday, much. Monday night, Monday night football, the game in 40 became game in 53. Yeah, and not, oh. not because it went to overtime, but because between it felt like it got worse and worse throughout the game. It's like every other play, there's something. Game in fifty three, and yet they still missed out a coach's challenge, and then later on referred <laughs> to it. And I was like, "What coach's challenge? What are you talking about?" It's the it's the hot yeah. I just it's so frustrating, and there's so many. I mean, it's not just it's not just always the referees, like the number of times that you see a, a defender getting hand on a ball or whatever, and then making contact with the wide receiver and the wide receiver will get up and make the throw the flag gesture. And then there's like a two or three second delay. And then you see a little yellow flag bobble its way into the back of the, the frame. Or, yeah, Josh Allen did that. Um, and even Brian, the turd. We we had it in the, the Arizona game where their quarterback like there's there's a there's a sack where uh, Eric Armstead's hand comes across his shoulder and across his chest, and his forearm sort of pulls the helmet across and knocks the helmet up, and and he gets up and basically like gestures to his face and the flag comes in. It's like we he hasn't grabbed it. Like that's his forearm that's moved the helmet around. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And yet you're still getting a flag. And the number of times I've seen that Mike Dishicki gets up after every play, it feels like where he's been targeted and, and throws an imaginary flag. If he hasn't caught the ball, oh, Ke- Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Oh, Travis Matt, Kelsey Matt. needs to fuck off. It's honestly, <laughs> it's all the fucking time. 
Pat, you mentioned Josh Allen. I've noticed this. He's become he's become a bit of a a whingy little shit or a whingy big shit. Wait, 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 exactly... wait, wait. The Josh, the Josh Allen who's getting sacked or being sacked. No, the Josh Allen who's getting sacked and intercepted. Um, it's but he's just becoming like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or a great quarterback, which he is. So maybe that just goes with the territory. I don't know. I mean, he'd just been sacked by Taven Bryan, which I imagine is quite embarrassing because he's had three and a half sacks in his four-year NFL career to this point and had two in the game this weekend. But as part of his post-sack celebration, which is a mockery in itself, he did sat down and warmed his hands by an imaginary campfire. And he was sort of facing Alan, but it wasn't like at him and in his face. It was just a little uh, reference to something that had happened when he was younger and he was... Uh, sort of celebrating and uh, yeah apparently Alan took a to and did a little yards. throw the flag as he was lying on the floor looking forlorn he wants to throw a flag at his O-line right enough, enough about enough about flags although this brings me on to a well a bit of dirty play this isn't about officiating but did we all see the Mac Jones ankle grab slash no. turn no attempt to injure a player well that's who knows, Pat? Have you seen well, it? I mean, we can file it under things that I've tweeted to the long snap account that you've ignored. <laughs> <laughs> you look, you can, you can, you can manage the long snapper account. I've, we've talked about this, but no, <laughs> nobody's going to do it, right? Yeah. The, so, two of two of you haven't seen it, but Mac Jones very deliberately um, grabs what's the name of the player? Brian something. Burns. Thank you. Um, and with a clear, like he's, he's, it looks like he's trying to stop him getting away. Um, he's trying to hold on to him to stop it. There'd been a fumble, hadn't there? So he's the ball's yes. loose. Um, he's trying to stop him, and he just grabs his ankle. But like you look at some angles, and there's more to it. And it's like he's just deliberately trying to do damage. He swept the other leg with his legs. And now it, it, everything looks worse when it's slowed down like that. You can't see how much is just reaction. And he's claimed that he thought Burns had the ball and he was just trying to, you know, stop him from <laughs> running off with it. But it feels dubious to me. It looks like he's like deliberately twisted it to injure. It doesn't look like just a normal tackling motion. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I tend to give the offending player the benefit of the doubt with this kind of thing because of slow mo and everything. But it just it feels a bit sinister. Also, I've since read that they've had history those two. Oh, really? Which which just reinforces the theory that he's 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 just tried to hurt him, hasn't he? I mean, Succeeded. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So player in who plays for Pats becomes a wanker shocker. Yeah. Roger Cooper because he is. Oh, he did. I did. Yeah, I was going to say. Pats didn't, <laughs> there was Pats certainly... didn't have to develop him into one. He They got a ready-made wanker. <laughs> That's what, so that's why they drafted him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's a prick. <laughs> the perfect fit. Yeah, I, I I suspect Moore's going to come out with this, but I also suspect that Mac Jones will get away with it. So probably there we are. Um, speaking of pricks, Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I don't know if we want to talk about this at length, um, but it's so outrageous, and it, it it's it's actually comedic. The lengths he's gone to, to having lied about getting vaccinated and just being exposed to it. No, he's going to double down um, rather than just sort of avoid questions about it and just kind of go, oh, yeah, you got me or just ignore the whole thing, which he could have easily done. He's going to know, 
no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Cole Beasley squared <laughs> in my <laughs> response to this. He's made himself look like an absolute idiot. He's clearly well, he would say not lied, but in the eyes of like science and the majority of right-minded people, he's lied. He's clearly flouted COVID protocols, although he claims, oh, I've stuck to all of them, apart from this one, apart from the ones you don't agree with, which is basically apart most of the ones I lied about that I haven't been, yeah. Exactly. You can see in the way that someone like, um, not the lying on the floor throwing fake flags, Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, how he's been <laughs> in interviews versus how Rogers has been in interviews. You can see the differences there. You can see what following the protocol actually means and you know just because you don't agree with those rules just because you don't think those rules are logical doesn't mean you can just ignore them when that's what the league is enforcing and everyone has signed up to delivering so you've just got to suck it up and do it and if you then get caught out not having done it this is where we are isn't it well the issue the issue for me is he said he was immunized which everyone assumed meant back in, vaccinated, but actually meant he drunk some water that was just water. It's lying. Um, Call it whatever you want, <laughs> but it's lying. Well, no, because he he believes in homeopathy for whatever that's worth, which is zero. And what he'd done is to get a homeop- homeopathic immunization, which he then said to the NFL, I've done this thing. I want you to count this as a, as, as if I'd had uh, a vaccination because it's just as effective in my eyes as, as that and in fact more effective than the vaccination the NFL didn't what, agree the NFL, with that right and the they NFL said, came you're back a prick, and said, no it's not <laughs> it's not you're not allowed to do this and at that point he should have accepted that either he has to get vaccinated or he has to follow the protocols for not being vaccinated and he's done neither and because it's Aaron Rodgers you think if this was some I don't know, random linebacker, they'd be throwing the book at him, and I bet they don't. No, no. But actually, this this is the weird thing with all this, because the Packers would have known, like his the right. team doctors or whatever would have known, and as as us as will be on every team. So there's a like as the vaccinations were being ramped up, or whatever teams are reporting. Oh, we've got ninety percent of our players have now vaccinated. Ninety five percent of our players are now vaccinated. So there must be probably two or three players at least on every team that haven't had them. And the teams will know who they are. So they're just hoping that... I think there's only one team that is fully vaccinated. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, exactly. So there'd be... So every every team has got those twats in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I don't... While I think people should get vaccinated, I can understand the American freedom argument, my body, my choice, whatever. If you want to not get vaccinated... Fine, but cool. you then have to follow the incredibly complex and annoying protocols that come with they're that. They're deliberately and so. Both, <laughs> right. And both the Packers and the NFL officials will have known that Rogers wasn't vaccinated and was also week in, week out, attending press conferences, not masking up, doing things that he wasn't supposed to be doing based on the protocol. And the NFL should have at that point stepped in and started doing whatever it is they've said that they'll do when a player breaks that protocol yeah and this the is on the with... nfl as much as anyone else as far as i'm concerned the danger is it is he's used his platform to promote this non-science 
which will stop people getting treatments that actually work, believing that his treatments work. So he's put right. other people's lives at risk in doing this. That's the worst thing about it for me. Yep, fact. I don't I I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, mostly because I think that anyone who listens to Aaron Rodgers now and goes, Yeah, yeah, he's right, already is someone who's not been vaccinated and won't get vaccinated. And I don't believe I mean, you can't get unvaccinated. Out and said that he was. I mean, no, nobody's so, nobody's reversing their vaccination. That's not possible, right? But so, it's so so far down the line, <laughs> this is not Cole Beasley arguing against vaccination back in, you know, November, December last year. You know, across the spring and potentially persuading people at the point when most people were getting vaccinated if they were going to. This is way down the line. People will either be I mean, vaccinated by now, or won't. I mean, anyone that's listening to Cole Beasley about for vaccine advice, frankly, deserves to get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough. Well, enough. In... The fact that Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people about this that know a lot of things, including Joe Rogan. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just fuck off. Aaron, he contradicted tired. himself so many times in that interview, though. He said, um, oh, the vaccine doesn't work anyway. People can still get it even after they had the vaccine. And then later yeah. in the interview, he said, oh, the reason I didn't mask up was because everyone in that room had already had the vaccine. So what's the point? It's like, well, mate, did you listen to yourself five fucking minutes ago? <laughs> I think we've right. talked about this for far too long. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, there were, there were some shocks in week nine. Some surprising results, shall we say. Um I mean, I've picked, Not, I've picked out according to NFL UK, the Jags uh, beating beating the Bills. Oh, that was that was delicious. <laughs> we always beat the Bills. The last time they came to play, they only scored three points. They were twice as good this time. Yeah, <laughs> look how much we've improved. In- interestingly, some Titans fans jumped on the scoreline because. Not because uh, it, was, it was about Buffalo losing or the Jags winning. It was because. We'd gone into Jacksonville, I think, two years ago and beaten them 9-6 of <laughs> ourselves. So <laughs> it wasn't Scorigami. It wasn't even recent Scorigami. Uh, but I, yeah, it's, it's, Mark, how concerned are you? Because it, it's ugly, but unless you're you're going to be the 72 dolphins or the 2007 not even the 2007 pats because they lost in the super bowl but unless you're going to go perfect you're going to drop a bollock at some point yeah but um, you don't you don't drop a bollock against a team like that sorry pat but the jags are fucking awful and the, even in this game they managed to score nine points and you'd like to think that you can if you're going away to the jags and keeping them to nine points, you're winning the game fucking comfortably. This, this is, we, we seem to have this horrible knack at the moment of playing to the level of our opponent. So that might that might stand us in good stead later on in the season when we play good teams, who knows? But I don't understand how we can be a team that absolutely batters the Chiefs, should have beaten the Titans, but then were should've, absolutely... Hmm. Yeah, should should have done. Um, and then look for some reason. Well, we we should have done. Um, all Check of a sudden, goal. look horrendous. Should have been. Um, <laughs> by the by the way, it was also a forward pass. Um, <laughs> the one in that game was. Did you see that where Bra- Brable I, just? I, uh, yeah, I did. I, I did trolling you by calling that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, 
and we, we we've got we've got issues. Our offensive line at the moment is is like what your offensive line was in week one. It's it's utterly. We, we've had two key injuries at guard. Um, we're playing. We're having to play Cody Ford, who was a, a relatively high draft pick a couple of years ago, but he has been f- dog shit and looked dog shit. Not um, even the best Ford in this game. No, and yeah, it's. I feel for Josh Allen a little bit because he he was he was running for his life on just about every play, and then he goes into this mode where he feels like he needs to do everything because receivers are dropping passes, and he doesn't have the time to set up for the long pass against one of the worst secondaries in the league because yeah. he hasn't got time to wait for that those receivers to get downfield. Um, he had he was bad Josh like a couple of years ago Josh in this game but he never really had the time offensive line shit a complete lack of a running game I think our running backs had something like five yards between them um it feels this season defense is what's making us win games more than anything if we had this defense with last season's offense we'd win the Super Bowl but our offense is a mile away from where it needs to be. And yeah, I, I can't see us. I mean, we're only half a game ahead of the Pats for fuck's sake. So we're talking about how the Bills are like this team that are going to go deep into the playoffs. We ain't even guaranteed to make the bastard playoffs at the moment, the way that we're playing. It was, it was so bad. So bad. Beautiful, Mark. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Jag, I, I predicted this as a 41-7 to 7 win to the Bills so Jags actually outscored my expectations by a couple of points which was nice um, <laughs> it's very difficult I think for the Bills to have predicted what they were playing against in this game because the Jags defence was just nothing like we've seen all season Like they got four takeaways in this game previously to this point in the season they have two so that's a massive step up and the minimum in and the I, rest of the league is five so we and caught and up off- and our offensive line made that very, very easy for you. You, you know, we gifted you free runs at the quarterback all game long, but you yeah. took advantage of it. And you can't, you know, you certainly can't say that you didn't t- play well to take advantage. There was more pressure on the quarterback in this game from the Jags than we've seen in the com- combined um, efforts of all previous games this season. I think so. Yeah, yeah, there was steps forward on the offense. It was one of our worst. Sorry, Steps was on the defence, one of our worst offensive performances of the season, which is saying quite a lot because the bar is not particularly high, but, you know, we are where we are. At least we didn't pick up Odell. It could have been worse. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, I, you'll still make the playoffs, Mark. I don't know. It's nonsense well, to think. You're, we, a better, we, you're a better football team. I don't, I, yeah, say, but, I mean, we're a better football team, apparently. We've just lost to a team who hasn't won a game in America since the first game of last season. No team that's playoff bound is losing that game. We lost to the Jets five five weeks ago. Well, I'll tell you what, if we if our you, offense, you might win the next five and you'll be laughing at this. If our offense plays like that against the Jets, they will slaughter us. I don't I I don't think you will though. Because there's there's a couple of well, things that are gonna come into play here, right? You've got some of those offensive line players will come back. Sounds like your right tackle is coming back next week, which will make a huge difference. And even just getting some game experience, having having seen 
offensive line obliterations by injury over the last couple of years with with the Niners those backups do get better they get better week on week it's always the first <laughs> week where you lose a load of people. Cody Ford isn't getting any better he needs to be he needs to be fired into the fucking we've, sun we've, we've seen that with some of our O-line, O-line guys um we've had pop one of the issues in week one I think we're well going back to week one with just the preseason not being good preparation and not hardly st- starters hardly playing. Um, Taylor Luan was coming back off an ACL. Um, he keeps getting sort of he, he missed he missed the game on Sunday. But the backups have like like Rich says have got better, and I think there's been some probably good coaching in there. And they've, they've I mean, worked out how to deal be, with it. Some, some won't. Some, some won't ever get better. But you'll find that guys that are a bit you know, a bit overwhelmed the first couple of times will get better. And I do think that the other thing is that you'll game plan better for it. You'll find that, you know, you'll you'll move Josh Allen, you'll you'll have bootlegs and things like that will just give him more time and give him a little bit more of a you know, because you can move him around. He's got that mobility to to move around and have a platform from somewhere else. He doesn't need to step up in the pocket necessarily. Mark, it just feels like something in... is off at the moment. It's like, I don't know what it is, but in comparison to last year, re- like Stefan Diggs led the NFL in receptions in large in yards last year. He's nowhere near that this year. Um, against the Dolphins, we relied on a second half um, performance from Cole fucking Beasley to drag us uh, by our bootstraps up. Defensively, we're we're standing. I think we're still the only team that has only conceded three points in the first quarter in any game it's played. So they're they're playing out of their skin, but they're having to because this offense just doesn't seem right at the moment. Receivers are dropping balls, not getting open. Offensive line shit. The run game has gone to hell, and it wasn't great before. But last year, Allen and the receivers masked that, and at the minute they're just not. Let's move away from Buffalo. Other, other please, match, other please match, let's brilliant. move away from Buffalo. Um, that was, I mean, the NFL UK poll on which was shock of the week, that didn't even make it in there. Um, I, I believe that tweet was deleted. Uh, but the four that they did have, the four they did have were the Broncos, the Falcons, the Titans, and the Giants. Quick, quick word on the Giants, by the way. Beat the Raiders. Um, I... I think they've got a very serviceable defense. Yeah, I that... I hate Daniel Jones, not personally. Well, no, <laughs> all right. No, I do hate him personally. I'll go that far. Um, but <laughs> they're 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 looking competitive-ish. Yeah. Um, is is, is yeah, that yeah. how much of an upset was that? Not. Much I think I think the I think the Giants have been bad enough for long enough that they've gathered a lot of decent pieces to put into that team. I think the biggest issue that they have is, is Daniel Jones. He's not a good quarterback. You watch him play. He, you look at his stats and they're not good. You look at him play and you think some guys, the stats don't necessarily always back up the play that you see on the field, but you watch him play. And it's like, he's one of those players. He's a bit, he's a bit Jameis, but without the spark. So he'll do like a few <laughs> good just things. The bad ones. Well, like he'll do less of the good things that you get from Jameis, but he'll do all of the bad things. So he'll all of the yards and the touchdowns and the interceptions, he'll just throw the interceptions. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, basically. But he'll 
but then you'll get this occasional spark of something brilliant, but it's not nearly enough to convince. And then I'm trip genuinely up. surprised. Yeah, I'm genuinely surprised that they've stuck with him this long. Mm. I just, okay. I, I think they're held back. I wonder whether there's an element of the Giants just consistently almost doing what the Browns did for a number of years of just deliberately being shit to try and build up a huge amount of talent pool and then bring in a decent quarterback to that situation. Looking at the way they're run, I don't think there's any deliberately about it. It's just happening. That might be true. (laughs) But is I don't think I mean the the Raiders the Raiders have had two two decent wins off the back of the coach going, but they've got so many issues, mainly off the field. That is it. I'm not. I'm not so convinced. It's a massive shock when anyone beats them at the moment. They seem like a team that could go in and be incredible, but also can be absolute crap. And they're, they're only one game away from being 500. It's exactly yeah, what that's, I said. That's at the fair. The year. AFC West is they're that team. Yeah, yeah. I t- yeah, you're right. And the Giants, like you said, the Giants have got a pretty serviceable defense. So if they can get on top, then you know they're fine. Yeah, they That's need the game shocked. script. They can't, but they can't catch up with the team. Yeah, the biggest, exactly the biggest right. shock, the biggest shock of all of these, well, other than the the Jags, maybe all of these in my eyes is the Broncos going to win in Dallas. Um, so and... I, I think, I think the shock there is not that the Broncos were serviceable; it's how fucking atrocious Dallas were on offense. I have not seen them be that bad for a long time. It wasn't even that their defense messed up and they got you know completely outplayed they were awful on offense what, what happened at zeke got knocked out of the game didn't he but I don't, I don't think that that's probably masking what the issues were it, it wasn't even that there were a number i mean it felt like a mike mccarthy masterclass on being fucking terrible he <laughs> went for it four times in fourth down situations where they turn the ball over three times on downs and once with an interception. And they never looked like making those fourth downs. Every time the Broncos knew exactly what they were dialing up and just snuffed it out. And the Broncos have got that sort of performance in them. I think their defense has always been good parts. If they can get the full game together, the offense has looked the bigger problem for them but the receiving threat is there and the running threat is there is when the line can step up to help them both deliver it and um it's stepped up enough in this game certainly tim patrick had a massive game javante williams and melvin gordon were a great one too so they got far enough ahead quickly enough that even a high-powered offense like the cowboys just flailed it helps if you go is vic fangio is a brilliant defensive coach he was he was excellent as the Niners defensive coordinator it's always been a question mark with the offense there Judy's been back for two weeks and I know he didn't have a big game this week but I wonder how much he provides a bit of a spark of you've got more and more threats that you're bringing to to the field it's harder to shut each one down and Javonta Williams feels like a running back who is emerging right now he feels like a guy who you know, they drafted him to ultimately take over from Melvin Gordon, and he's been improving every week, week on week. Although I'm not sure his run, his pass blocking is necessarily great, but Gordon's isn't either because he he <laughs> he fucked up so badly on one that basically one of the I think is a linebacker just just absolutely destroyed Teddy Bridgewater on one play. Uh, he's used to that. 
favorite favorite play of the game was the uh, the block pump for me. Uh, the, block so pump, the block pump that turned into <laughs> the punting team having a fresh set of downs. Um, well, it's it's one of those weird rule things that actually the referees knew, which was nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, block punt that went forward, and because it went beyond the line of scrimmage, and then sort of one of the um, one of the Nobody Dallas players failed at it. Am I right in saying if no one yeah. had touched it, it would have been a Dallas ball? Yes. Well, it would have been a downed punt by the Broncos. Yeah, uh, but like special. So a Dallas, a Dallas it ball where it ended up. Yeah. yeah. So yep. that, that, that's so on the players. Sort of flailed at it, and uh, and yeah, the, the Broncos guy went, "Cool, I will grab this and down it." And yeah, fresh set of downs, eight yards down the uh, down the. It was almost like a fake punt sort of thing. It's great. I loved it. <laughs> um, Atlanta Falcons apparently were shocked. I didn't. Not a shock at all. That. This, no. this, this to me is just the NFL UK being fucking clueless. Any, any team that's starting Trevor. Why Simmons are we basing does... this entire segment on an NFL UK yeah, team? Yeah, right, ex- <laughs> exactly right. But any team that starts yeah. with Trevor Simeon as their starting quarterback, it's it's a shock if they win the game. Yeah, I, mean, I it's, it's it's a better a... option than Taysom Hill, right? No. Well, they're both bad. I'm <laughs> I'm so happy that Simeon is starting there over Hill. It just it just makes me really happy that they've got an actual quarterback in there rather than a tight end who pretends to do so. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's you've got a backup quarterback against a, an Atlanta team that has been That's wobbly now, this year, but, but has been capable. Yeah, they're five hundred. Right. They're, they're improving significantly. They're one game behind the the Saints in the, in the NFC South. Not a shock in the slightest. This result. Can you imagine if the Falcons make the playoffs this year? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. They could. The they NFC is could. such a fucking mess that they could. I mean, I, yeah, I, I just, I think they've got enough, enough going for them that they're going to be competitive. Like, it's, it's sort of easy. Like, defensively, they've been woeful the past couple of seasons, but <laughs> they've, they've still got Matt Ryan as quarterback, and Matt Ryan as quarterback is still above average um yeah and, and that, I, that I think, they're, I think they're an all right team mm. but they they to me are just the nfc's raiders they're they're a team that can beat anyone on their day but will often just have a really fucking terrible off day against someone like the texans they're i mean their receiving core sticks out as something that's been heavily heavily depleted obviously they've traded julio jones but they've also lost calvin ridley who's taking a step away from the game and yeah it's sort of what's left is that something that we can have a chat about if you like it's stepping away from the game because i've got to be honest and this this may come across as being controversial i apologize if it is to the people who don't don't apologize but I, I understand that there is a need to look after your mental health and, and I get that and I appreciate that that is a very significant part of everybody's life that impacts it, that impacts everybody. But him stepping away is now directly impacting that organisation, it's directly impacting his teammates, it's directly impacting those fans and their ability to win football games because he's not there. This, this to me, it feels like it's a very brand new phenomenon or something in the last couple of years is becoming certainly a lot more prevalent than it ever used to be, you know, even 
three or four years ago where this just type of thing just was unheard of right and if you're a teammate of calvin ridley how do you feel about him not being there at the moment so i'm gonna go with the i can't remember a name but the olympic gymnast for the usa uh the summer olympics where she basically had a mental block yes biles uh, where she had a mental block and she couldn't perform at the level that she knew she was capable of and she basically turned into a water boy for her team now i don't know that calvin ridley's doing that but if you are a player who is taking up a spot on an offense and you're your mental state is not at a level where you can run your routes properly, where you can make grabs, you're going to drop stuff. You're going to, you're going to fuck up. You're not, you're not able to, to get to the levels that you know you're capable of getting to. Do you not hurt your team more? I mean, obviously I agree with you. If you can make that decision in the off season and give your chance, uh, give your team a chance to draft someone at that point where they could do that. But I've seen players retire two weeks after the draft in the past where it's like, well, fuck you. Why, why are you retiring now when you could have done it a month ago and the team could have actually set themselves up to not have a massive hole in the squad? I mean, Mark, but, Mark will tell you about a player retiring half, half at half time. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. But this I is not who that was. I, but... I think if, if your mental state is such that you are actively going to be a negative impact on your team by being in the squad, being around the squad, being on the field and not being able to perform, I actually think it's a positive thing to hold your hand up and say, I'm not going to be at this level. And I get that people will shit on him for it, but I also <laughs> think it's... To to their credit, though, I don't think many people have. And, and that's no, probably, I don't think so that, That's probably a good... It was Vontae Davis, by the way. Um, the guy who retired at halftime in the Bills game. Um, I forgot yeah, all and, about that. Yeah, yeah. So good. And it was back in the good old days. Um, when you were still yeah, fit and, and I had no. I imagine yeah, it was Fitzpatrick, when, your quarterback when, at the time. When our offense was bad, no, it was Tyrod Taylor. Um, <laughs> Who has come on to him. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, and I, I, I see the, the comparison with Biles. The, the thing is, I, I think that for me, that impacts more her kind of individual, like her individual events that she does in the olympics and yes there is a team element to it um but well, yeah it was during the team event she re- that she made the call it, it was yes but the thing that she withdrew from then was a lot of the individual stuff after that right. and I, I don't know there's just there's a bit of me that feels like the long this... beam podcast um, <laughs> coming in yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> it's it it's if if he's not if he's not right I want him to get right clearly. I don't know. It just it's, it feels like it's a brand. It's like I, I don't remember this ever being a thing as recently as like three or four years ago. And it was just you went through a bad patch, you played through it, and eventually you 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 found your form again. And I just I, I don't know. And I've never been in that situation whereby you know at my team's best receiver suddenly isn't there anymore because he does he doesn't feel right. And just if I was a was someone else on that offense. And I can see that my chance of winning games is less because he's not there. I, I just don't know how I would feel about it. I bet that yeah, might and, not and I can understand that. I can understand the team perspective of being pissed off that this has happened. I equally, I think it's just hard because it. 
we're just living in a world now where people are more aware of their mental state than they ever have been. You know, you'd get guys in the past that would just, you know, power on through and then kill a person, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It, that's, they'll, everybody will have that thought in their brain of just, you know, grit your teeth, toughen up, but it's things have, things have moved on, haven't they? And it's, it's, you know, you couldn't have done that in the 1990s. Like, look at cricket, and like Mark, like it's a different, it's a different world where you're touring the world and you're away from your families. But Marcus Truscothic, more recently Ben Stokes, took some time out of the game. It's become, yeah, it's because I was gonna say it's become more understood and accepted. But I still think there's that reaction, to, which is probably unfair because you don't, we don't we don't know what's going on in Ben Stokes' personal life or Calvin Ridley's personal life. And, but it's 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 an instinct just to sort of judge and go well. Yeah, just fucking get you're on leaving, with it. You're leaving your teammates in the lurch or whatever. It's 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 harder with team sport. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's more of that dynamic. I think what I think it's that tricky thing, right? Because you don't want to just give someone an excuse to just be like, oh, my mental health's really hot. Like it's the you know we've joked about this on the WhatsApp group. It's the Mark Thomas. Um, Michael Thomas, not Mark Thomas, uh, thing of, <laughs> oh, I've had another setback. I'm not going to be back for the Saints this season now that, you know, any semblance of a decent quarterback has disappeared off the Saints roster. Was he you know, expecting Drew Brees a... to come back? I don't know what he was expecting. No, but I think <laughs> I think he was trying to get he was trying to get fit again. And I think maybe with the way Jameis was playing, you'd have a little bit more interest as a wide receiver yeah, yeah. of coming back this year if you're going to make the playoffs and i i think the saints are probably i mean unless they can make a massive step up i don't see them making the playoffs this year now uh but but there's an element of you know there will be players who are probably going to take advantage of that they're going to be like oh my mental health's not right i've got to take some time out from the game when their team's just shit and i don't think that's the case with Ridley because you know he's going to get pelters but at a certain point that could that could happen it's a risky strategy because they always say one of the best abilities in the NFL is availability and if you're if you get yourself an image of someone who flakes out on the semi-regular you're going to be less picked up than someone who is available and maybe not quite as good at his best but is there more consistently Regard, regardless of any fault, he's going to be less attractive for teams now. Full stop. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. regardless of blame, anything. Just, just a fact. <laughs> and and you just wonder what his teammates feel like when he does come back into the building. You know, it's oh, you got how long you're going to be here before you go again? And I hope, I hope he's fine. Genuinely, I hope he's fine. But you just, it, it almost feels like it's unavoidable for those teammates to be a bit like, you know, how can we I mean, really they, rely on you? depends how tight the locker room is they might know yeah. more about it than we do and if he's going through some absolute turmoil and it's the right thing for him to do they might support him we don't know you know yeah. it, it... there will there will still absolutely be because yes that's probably true of the wide receiver room and probably of the offense but there'll still be people like the you know some of the defensive players the who are just like don't punter don't know him that well really don't... shitty with him yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the long snapper really hates off. him <laughs> Who's a Falcons long snapper? We've got no idea. We're just a long snapper <laughs> podcast. But yeah, he's gonna, he's going to be. They're really getting into it when he comes back. Him and the long snapper. What I, what I do think is that they, 
if this starts cropping up on a regular basis, teams should have the option to roll a player's contract because the, it shouldn't be, you know, there will be players out there that will use it as like a contract negotiation strategy to just be like, oh, I can't do the rest of this season. I'm going to opt out. Oh God, this feels like too deep. This feels like an off-season <laughs> chat, which we'll never get to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we'll never can, can I can I uh, can I talk about the Titans smashing the Los Angeles Rams? Please do, because that please. was please, glorious. Please, please do. One of my favourite things of the weekend. I bet I bet it was. Um, it was it was a defensive absolute masterclass, and it wasn't. I mean, well, I've believed I've slowly believed in our defense a little bit more game by game this year, but I didn't see this cut this coming to this extent. And I'm not saying they'll they can't do that level of performance every week, but they turned up ready to show the media, everyone on Sunday Night Football that actually, you know, don't don't write us off because we've lost our best player. We're going to find other ways to to win a football game. We're going to find other ways to beat the you know, the best team in the NFC, maybe the best team in the NFL or close to it. Um, we're gonna. We're not gonna do it. Yeah, we've picked up Adrian Peterson, and we're gonna try and have a running back by committee. But that's not gonna replace Derek Henry. We're not kidding ourselves. Yeah, we're gonna smash you in the mouth with a pass rush that we that we now have, which is novel, and win a football game that way. Well, I thought I thought Brown was brilliant. Um, he, he had an excellent game. I thought your offense generally felt more balanced. It almost Which, feels like Jayon not having... or Arthur Juan are you talking about? Arthur Juan. Okay. Um, but he, but, he, but he, he had a he had, I mean, he had a poor helped, game. It helped that Jared. It helped that Jared Goff had one of those games. <laughs> I saw some Ram, some Rams fans saying that. Um, no, Arthur Juan dropped a couple of key balls on third down, which might have mattered on another day. Um, but he he played. He's, he feels he got in jail like he gave some back to, to Jalen Ramsey, which was nice. Well, it feels like he's turning into one of those wide receivers that you can just rely on to have like a an eight catch, eighty yard, and a touchdown game when you need him to. I don't know yeah. whether that was his stat this week, but it, it felt well, like no, no, was... it wasn't. He had a few, yeah. but I don't think he scored it. No, he didn't score a touchdown. He, um, yeah, the, the the couple of drops are what I'm remembering from him. Like he's. He's really, really, really good, but he'd need his consistency and that kind of concentration needs to step up a little bit. I love him to bits, but I want to see a little bit more from him. I don't want to see him drop two catches on third down in a game like that. But as I say, it didn't matter. Like the defensive performance, un- unbelievable. Five sacks and that there's a couple of interceptions in short space of time. They, they might as well have both been pick sixes. One was like the three yard line. We scored on the next play, and suddenly it's fourteen three. It was when there were what five or six plays that all of a sudden you just turn that like it. It, it went, felt like there was a massive moment where you just all of a sudden you just took control of the game, and you it never. Was literally, Rich, it was like literally after that interception, but um, touchdown next play, extra yep. point kickoff it pick six the very next play it's literally like that. okay what because i watched i watched the youtube highlights so i wasn't sure if there were plays missing that i, I missed uh, out on no. but it basically no. looked like it was pretty much bang bang dart and uh, and that felt 
it, it never feels like that's the end of the game at that point with the Rams, but they didn't recover from that. They never looked comfortable in that game from that point onwards. Uh, that, 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 I mean, Stafford was just under constant pressure and the other teams haven't been able to do that. And But what, what was key after that is we made the Rams punt again at 14-3 and then actually offensively put a drive together, a couple of fourth down conversions, um, different looking offense, which you'd expect. And it statistically, it was behind the Rams. They had more yards than us, etc. They had more time of possession, but just they they got enough done. Without that defensive yeah. performance, the offense weren't going to win that on their own. I'm not going to lie, uh, but it just it said right. And 28-16 flattered the Rams. It was there was a garbage time touchdown at the end, that, and we <laughs> kept them out of the end yeah. zone till literally the last last play of the game. Um, just I'm, I'm I'm so happy about the team's resilience of you know we've we'd lost to the Jets a few weeks ago and we've gone that's bad because we've got the Bills the Chiefs the Colts and the Rams four games uh, we had the Jags in between and Bills <clears throat> Chiefs Colts and so anyone that, can beat the Jags Colts, right Rams, and it's like we're we're not gonna <laughs> we might not win any of those yes. games we've won all four of those games all four of them but. I remember saying last week that I thought actually having the Rams this week was a good thing because you weren't expected to win. And so if you lost, even if you got smashed, you, it yeah. just gave you some time <laughs> that's I, that's to adjust and, yeah, you, yeah. and you beat them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And smash them. Not, yeah, yeah. not just fluke to win, which is which Bill's game a few weeks ago, Joel jokey aside, we were lucky to win that a couple of big moments, right? but this wasn't that nor was the chiefs no. game. Uh, they, these were, that was, it was an absolute beating. So we'll probably lose to the Saints next week. The thing that impressed me most was, um, I think it was twenty at twenty-one-three, just after halftime. Rams were driving. There was a beautifully thrown deep ball to the back right corner. Well, it was just in front of the end zone, in the right corner. But and uh, the Tennessee defense on that deep ball was superb. And that sort of secondary coverage is not what I've expected from Tennessee over the last couple of years. So the, the step up there is uh, very impressive. But I think, I think a lot of that, that was, that was really well played. There wasn't a single PI call in the game, which was, which was nice on either side. And I think um, where that's the sort of play that you would have expected to see that. And um, I know exactly the one you mean, uh, but it, when you've got a pass rush, it doesn't half help your secondary out. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, funny, I, I, funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's just it's just a game changer. It really is. I do have one other thing from this game, which is: Do we really need commentators explaining that crowds are cheering "coop" rather than booing when Cooper Cup makes a, a decent grab? Because I don't need that three or four times a game. Yeah, and while you're at it, you can stop telling us about Peanut Tillman every time anyone punches a ball out, because we remember from the last right. time someone punched a ball out. <laughs> Literally earlier this game. <laughs> I didn't notice it in that particular game, but maybe maybe that's the thing generally. Oh, like three times in the Niners-Arizona game, multiple times in other games that I was watching this weekend. It's, just, it's unbelievable how often Peanut gets said in NFL commentary at the moment. <laughs> Almost as many times as Josh Allen was asked about Josh Allen this week. Oh, I'm so over that. I, I Initially, that was my one sentence preview for that game. And I was sick of it by the time the game even started, let alone <laughs> all these magical things happening. He was over it oh, by it the, the second the, question of the press conference. 
Oh, I bet. It was the bit where they said the trifecta uh, that they <laughs> just made up to fit their narrative. Yeah, but it could have been something else rather than one of those three things, couldn't it? Oh, honestly. Yeah. And any third thing he did versus quarterback Josh Allen was going to be called the trifecta. Yeah. And he should have had a second football oh, yeah. recovery as well. That was robbery. But we digress. <laughs> I don't think we want to go back to this game again. Not Mark, Mark looks like about to quit, quit the Skype chat at this point. Uh, um, Rich, you wanted Sorry, to mention... One, one, sentence, one sentence previews. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Before we do that, Rich, talk about uh, that Tyrod Taylor interception. It's <laughs> amazing. So this, this was a fucking dreadful game. And, and I've got no interest in talking about anything else other than uh, a second and 18, I think it was. Toro Taylor realizes that he's going to lose a couple of yards if he runs out of bounds and instead f- casually flips the ball down the line. As you know, quarterbacks will do. They'll just try and throw it away in a way that doesn't get, get any kind of flags or anything called. But instead, managed to do it so badly that a Texan defender was able to lean over the sideline and just catch it for an inception. It was fucking defense. hilarious and dreadful. Yeah, he, he somehow managed to throw it from the touchline further into the field of play so Jerome Baker could uh, step back into the field of play and catch it isn't it? in the kind of Michael Jackson lean sort of way. It was good. And um, I also enjoyed Tyra Taylor falling over and basically sacking himself under no pressure whatsoever in this game. He knocked <laughs> over himself in glory. I did see that. Um, any, any other everything little tips? Mark's, everything that Mark's ever said about Tyra Taylor is true, it turns out. Oh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we doubted that. Pat, any other little tidbits from any other games that worthy of mention? I'm going to you because you're prepared. Really. <laughs> I am. Chandler Jones set the Arizona Cardinals team sack record at 67, and he had uh, Freddie Joe Nunn's name on an undershirt ready for him doing that, who had 66 and a half and uh, died earlier last year, I think. So impressive and a really nice oh, gesture nice. to go along with it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I thought we got away with not talking about that game, but yeah, that's fair. We didn't, it's not about that game, Rich. Not everything's about the fucking <laughs> Niners. <laughs> not anything's about the Niners right now, Adam. I mean, at least you had some positive points. Brandon Ayuk looked half decent for the first time this season. Uh, let's talk about it. Well, let's not. Let's let's move on. As as Mark just teased a minute ago, one sentence previews for week ten. Halfway through the season, I'm not happy about that time just life in general was just going <laughs> right one sentence well, previews just contemplate our mortality instead <laughs> yeah, let's good, good idea right baltimore at miami the dolphins office is garbage regardless of who they start at quarterback their win streak ends at one buffalo at new york jets buffalo to get back on track in this one you'd think although who on earth knows anymore Tampa Bay at Washington. These two teams met in the playoffs last season, but that's not happening again this winter. Comfortable Bucks win. Atlanta at Dallas. Cowboys need to try turning up this week against an improving Falcons team. Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Don't think either team are as bad as many keep suggesting, even the Jags. A sneaky, intriguing matchup this one. The Colts should have enough, but it might be closer than you'd think. Except... Hearing you two talk about the uh, the game, the Jags-Bills game, I'm starting to doubt that one sentence preview that I wrote earlier. Detroit <laughs> at Pittsburgh. 
Steelers grind out another joyless victory. Cleveland at New England. Cleveland look back to their best, but they can't find consistency. This one comes down to which Browns team turns up. New Orleans at Tennessee. New Orleans really need good Trevor Simeon to turn up again to stand a chance against their improving Titans. Minnesota at LA Chargers. I expect this game to be a 100 total point shootout, with Dalvin Cook scoring 50 fantasy points and yet still somehow ending up on the losing side. Carolina at Arizona. The Cards could probably win if they stuck if the Cards could probably win if they stuck Jake Plummer in right now. I don't see the Panthers troubling them even with CMC. Philadelphia at Denver. This one should be a defensive slugfest that Adam will love. <laughs> Seattle at Green Bay. Russ is back for this one, and the pack desperately need Rogers back too after proving that, despite what the Beatles think, love is not all you need. Nice. Kansas City at Las Vegas. AFC West has become the most baffling division in football, and the Chiefs are a case in point. When do we stop assuming Mahomes will just get it done every week? Because the Raiders will be tougher than their last two narrow wins against Daniel Jones and Jordan... What am I... What? Yeah, the Raiders <laughs> as an opposite... That made sense earlier. <laughs> Which those teams are I'm leaving it there. Finally, <laughs> LA Rams at San Francisco. I've seen nothing from the 49ers to suggest they can stop the inevitable angry Rams bounce back. Oh, so true. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't I don't think I don't think the Rams would should actually be that concerned by what happened. It's just one of those you know that the, you'll have a game the, like that every now and then. The only thing they'll be concerned about is that we have that weird team divisional voodoo thing over them at the moment, like the Seahawks have over <laughs> us. So that, yeah. that that will literally be the only reason that Rams fans will be worried about that game. That's but they fair. should That's, win it. They, they should, but they, I see those division games can can be bonkers at times. Hence hence the, the Jags. The Jags kind of have that over the Colts, I feel, sometimes. And slightly irrationally. So I sort of feel they have a chance against them, but who knows? I do hope so. <laughs> yeah, me too. Right, that's a, definitely enough talking about football. Um, Mark looks like he's lost the will to live, um, nodding along there. Um, any other business? In fact, oh, Pat, have you got anything you, you want to get off your chest? Sure. Ugh, horrible. Oh, don't say that about the Jags. No. Things Pat hates. Messages with a clap emoji between each word for additional emphasis. Oh, that can get in the bin. <laughs> yes. Tweets, tweets with that. That's yeah. I can hand on heart say I've never posted any form of communication with that nonsense in the middle. It's a surefire way to make sure I don't read your opinion. (laughs) That's up there with people who end tweets with, that is all. That's the tweet. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah, that, exactly. Fuck off, those people. (laughs) The point is that obvious that that's what you're saying at the end of the tweet. You don't need to tweet it because it's that obvious. Yeah. Any other business then? Um... Mark, cheer, cheer us up. 
you're uh, looking a bit glum there. I dare I say I prefer a happy mark. I'm not sure, but marginally. So we we all know that sport is shit at the moment, but I, <laughs> life was life was made marginally better by me learning that apparently an asteroid the size of the Eiffel Tower was hurtling towards Earth and was going to be near us around about December. So I thought that was, you know, we, my teams can't keep losing because the Earth's going to be destroyed. But then I was, I was devastated. I was devastated to hear that apparently it's going to cause no harm to life on the planet. So that kind of ruined it for me. The Eiffel Tower <laughs> seems big. Like if that landed on my yeah. house, I, I think, I think it would yeah, be the best you'd, of me. you'd probably have to call your insurance company. Yeah, yeah, to get <laughs> you're doing renovations that. at that point, mate. Yeah, unfortunately, it's going to miss miss the Earth by 3.9 million kilometers, which is close, supposedly, but um, <laughs> just like a Joey Sly field goal. Yeah, it's it's further away than the Moon, which doesn't feel that close. <laughs> so, how long did they think it was going to hit us? Well, apparently, they've known it's going to be close for years because you have to, despite that fucking dreadful movie Armageddon, you have to do something about these things years in advance to stand any chance. Um, but, it's, but so they, they haven't they, done anything other than decide it was going to miss. Correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because okay. it's really easy to work out what is going on in those kind of orbits because it's yeah. almost like things were just moving in perpetual motion with nothing to stop them. <laughs> yeah yes and uh, so they've worked out it's it's become news that this thing's hurtling towards the earth and then just like as a, a side note to, and that's obviously to get the clicks and then the side note is oh but by the way it's actually going to be 10 times further away than, than the earth and the distance to the moon so you'll probably be all right and i suppose maybe you could play one of those isn't... like sneaky snooker shots where it clips the moon into <laughs> the earth <laughs> maybe yeah and it just like it just like just knocks australia or something isn't that an episode of Red Dwarf based upon that, like playing cool with planets? That is definitely a thing Holly did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Any other business, Pat? Uh, well, I've basically already said mine um, earlier okay. in the episode, which is just, you know, if you've got a platform, maybe don't use it in a way that might cause people to hurt themselves. Just, just generally. <laughs> yeah, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rich uh, I didn't really have an AOB until earlier this afternoon when someone put a, a leaflet through my door that is orange with black writing on it which is always a bad start because it's almost impossible to read black on orange uh, but it's entitled climate change the papacy and the agenda and it's someone out there is putting leaflets through people's doors that somehow managed to mix uh, religion uh the end of the world um oh what's it called the the um christian Tuesday. thing of being huh? oh the rapture the rapture and uh all of the conspiracy theories around covid into one and i tried to read this thing and it is honestly the most bafflingly hilarious incoherent load of nonsense ever and it sort of cheered me up is there not it? something a bit fundamentally weird about a climate change document that's being leaflet dropped? <laughs> well, some of it's some of it's underlined, some of it's bold, some of it's in capitals, and some is all three. So they clearly feel like they've got a really important point to make. I'm not Fits. sure what that point is, Either. but it's. <laughs> but it, it talks about the papacy, which is sort of a mix of religion and. 
Uh, it's it's amazing, honestly. If you just if I love I love bonkers conspiracy theories. I don't like the ones that people take seriously. I love the ones that are just so clearly unbelievably out there that you'd have to be you'd have to be on a lot of drugs to believe that they could possibly be true. And or this Aaron has Rogers, rolled so many of Aaron them Rogers, into one. He, or Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, more ridiculous conspiracy theories that no one will believe, rather than the stuff that people sort of will please. <laughs> yeah, agreed. bring back yetis, <laughs> um, flat earthers. Oh, I love that. I love the yes. flat earth. We've covered. Flat we've earth. covered that. I'm fine with flat earth because it doesn't hurt anyone. Just get on with it. Crack on. I don't care. <laughs> Just not you too far. Writing on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll finish off. This is this is a bit old school stereotype of an any of AOB, but um, hospital car park. I had a a routine blood test. Yes, well, she wasn't a routine blood test. Doesn't matter. The blood test is irrelevant. I parked at Hartford <laughs> County Hospital yesterday. Um, for, oh, one of my favourite hospitals. It's 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 up there. Um, it's not a. It's a tiny little. Used to be a proper hospital, and now isn't. It's just got two or three little departments. Um, but including pathology, and I went, so I went there to get a, anyway. I digress. Um, the hospital car park, which charges four, I had to pay four pounds twenty. I was in there for about three and a half minutes. Um, but that's not the bit that wound me up. What, did what wound me up is the fact that to pay my four pounds twenty to park in a car park, I had to go to the the sign where the pay and display meter had a cover over it saying out of order by out of order means replaced by a system with an app so i had to download this app then i had to i couldn't just go into the app to pay i had to register and then it wouldn't think it wasn't apple pay or paypal so i had to get my card out and enter all my card (laughs) details to save in the app you couldn't do it as a guest i had to register um so and then pay for parking so i did did all that and i sort of thought fine i'm a 42 year old relatively tech savvy man and that's just taken probably a good three or four minutes to to do that um luckily i've arrived in enough time and there's but who uses hospitals for routine appointments like that largely the elderly or the struggling um there was a couple of of people that must have been well into their 90s that were trying to go they hadn't got a hope and they're just going to probably get lumbered with a parking fine or have unnecessary stress like one thing having exorbitant charges but to make it basically impossible for most of the people that are likely to use that service is just disgusting you know what annoys me just as much as that is the fact that they've made it easy to pay those because it's the NHS hospital workers who will be paying those on a regular basis because they have to pay to park at work. And that is fucking bullshit. It's all bullshit. And you, you think these are the sort of things that we could get better at as a society. Like who's <laughs> who's parking like. Are people using a hospital car park to go and nip off and catch a train into London and trying to get... No. like People are using a hospital car park to visit a hospital because they need to. And, and traditionally, you're in a bit of a rush. 
A lot of the times, you know, you're not like, I remember having to fight to find a parking space and pay when my second child was on the way. And I ended up parking one of the ambulance bays because there wasn't anything else I could do. And like my son was delivered than, about 10 minutes download, later. I'm having yeah, a contraction problem. Hold on, hold on I've, I've just trying to get a 4G yeah, hold, signal. Hold so on a second, put, 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 put caught in it. I need to get my debit card out. It's Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> and it also fucks me off that they feel the need to have like 20 different companies that provide this service. Just why can't there just be one business that does this for fucking car yeah, machines? Yeah. I've got at least three or four of these apps, and this wasn't one of the ones I've had before. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. My head. Yeah, it's yeah, it's shit. It's ridiculous, and it's all designed to try and catch you out so that you end up paying the massive fines. Of course, it is. Yeah. Yeah. La- Labour free hospital parking. Vote them in. Fuck the Tories. <laughs> what a way to go out. <laughs> and let's do that let's go out we are done for another week of this here the long snapper podcast the nfl podcast that doesn't talk about long snappers there we go <laughs>